This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Welcome to XNO Quick Hits. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. Joined, as always, to go over the film in a cursory way by the host of TOJ Film Room, our great YouTube show, breaking down Jet's film in great detail every single week. He does it with his co-host, former New York Jet Marcus Coleman, Mr. Joe Blewett. What's going on, Joe? Same old stuff. Um, it seems like every single week we're talking about a really bad Jets loss or a new way the Jets lost um, from a fantasy, and that's going well. But uh, yeah, it's um, it's been pretty much the same thing. You know, it's three with three and nine team now. Um, the trend has been losing, so it seems like the show is going to be pretty much the uh, the same thing it's been over. Like I said, nine of the twelve weeks of the season. So. Yeah, that's the beauty of the film, though. There's always interesting things that you find on there to keep things fresh. And that's what you want to do, like you said, when you're playing fantasy in different sports-related games. And that's why I recommend going to StatementGames.com, signing up for a free account. You can play against me and Joe and some of the other people at TurnOnTheJets.com. And the thing that's beautiful about it is it's completely different from fantasy. You can have a lot of fun with the Jets, whether they win or lose, because Statement Games is exactly what it says it is. It's 10 statements that you make, and if they come true, then you get put in the running for some great prizes. So, for instance, let's say one of my statements is Sam Darnold will score four touchdowns on Sunday against the Buffalo Bills. Well, there's one of my 10 statements. If I get enough of those correct and beat out Team TOJ, I've got a chance at some pretty good prizes. So go ahead over there right now, statementgames.com, sign up for a free account. You'll have some fun, and it'll give you something to look forward to on Sunday, even if the Jets-Bills game ends up to be kind of a dud, which it was not in Tennessee if you were a casual football fan. It was actually an exciting game because it was a come-from-behind victory for... The Titans, and we're going to unwrap the film right now. Joe, let's start with the offense. What did you see here, particularly in the first half? It was a team who was actually driving the ball pretty well from from twenty to twenty, but you know the Jets just couldn't finish in the the red zone. Um, they couldn't. And you, you said the first half too, but like situationally, like okay, it's, it's second five that last uh, drive of the game before the Titans scored. Um, they couldn't pick up the the first down. Um, they get to the the one red zone trip in the second quarter. You know, first down the smoke route to a new that goes nowhere. Second down's a poorly executed, um, you know, divide concept that was just poorly the routes are poorly run. Um, it's like a max protect uh, type deal. Then McCown threw the the, the uh, swing route to Cruel that ended up being incomplete because he got rocked by a, a linebacker. And then on third down, McCown missed. 
Maguire. So it was there was a combination of you know McCown um, not seeing people, not throwing the ball accurately. There were some bad play calls. There were some bad um, play calling and situ- situationally. Um, everybody knows that third and you know five later in the game. Everybody's you know angry about. Um, so there's there's a ton of there's a ton of things um, where the they they would move the ball, they would shoot themselves in the foot. Like right before half, okay, Titans drive down the field and score because that's what happens with the Jets. They let up you know scores before halftime, and then they complete what I don't know a 25, 30 yard um, you know pass to to Herndon who gets down to about you know midfield. And there's a holding on Kelvin Beach. And so the Jets are back at their own like 20 or 15 yard line. So the offense was, showed some flashes. Guys like Crowell flashed a little bit. Um, guys like Herndon flashed a little bit. Even Robbie Anderson a little bit in this game, even though he, you know, he had one, seemed like a little bit of a ticky tack call on the ref for, got penalty, you know, against him for, I guess, taunting the cornerback out of downs a little bit. Um, but he flashed a little bit, so there's flashes, but it just wasn't enough because you, you do have to, you know, finish obviously in, in the red zone when you get there. And, and obviously kicking five field goals isn't enough to, to beat NFL teams. And the Jets had a, you know, a big league going into halftime, but they thought it was going to be a big league at, was a 16 nothing at one point. But like I said, the Titans did come back and score that touchdown. Um, but if the Jets just finish off one of those drives, they, they most likely, um, win that game and just sitting in the stands, you just field goal after field goal after field goal after field goal. You know, you, you had a feeling what was going to happen. Um, and it inevitably did, um, for some of the other stuff from the offense. Uh, the offensive line I thought was pretty poor this game. Uh, Dakota Doge looked pretty bad. Harrison looked pretty bad. I think Winters looked terrible this game. Um, Shell was up and down, a few nice reps, but still not creating any push in the run game. And Beecham was just okay, but I thought overall the offensive line was pretty poor um, as well. So for the overall offense, that's, that's my thoughts. Were there any plays that stuck out to you specifically, either positively or negatively, on the offensive side of the ball? Yeah, it was kind of the, the, one of the plays that really kind of just like encaptured the entire game almost was the play where uh, the Jets are lined up three wide, you know, to the, to the left, and Curse runs it out and up, and he's wide open going for a, a touchdown. McCown doesn't set his feet. Uh, he kind of has to fade back uh, to throw the ball, and he misses Jermaine Curse. And even if he didn't, even if he hit Jermaine Curse, which Jermaine Curse didn't burn that corner, so he actually ran a really, really nice route. He really sold the out portion of the of the out and up well. Uh, looked back to the ball, which made the corner really bite hard. Um, and then he broke back up, you know, vertically upfield. Uh, so the wide open opportunity, McCown missed him. And then there's a holding call <laughs> against, uh, I forget exactly. It might have been Beecham again, actually, um, who, or who got that holding call. So it was like the game of, of missed opportunities, um, and penalties that erased big plays. And I thought that was one of the plays that really kind of encaptured the, the game. Uh, like I said, that, that, Her- that Herndon play stuck out because, you know, um, the Titans just scored and hurt the Jets' momentum a little bit. Uh, the Jets at the midfield on one pass with, with, I think, a little bit under a minute left. Um, so they could have either got a pilot, which would have been a field goal, a field goal or a touchdown maybe. Um, but, again, another penalty. Um, the Robbie Anderson catch I just talked about too. A uh, big 25, 30-yard catch on, on, a, on a deep over from Robbie Anderson. Um, nice play, gets the Jets, the right around the Titans, like 30 yard line, 
And there's a penalty on Robbie Anderson for, like I said, taunting the, the cornerback. So um, there's just a lot of big plays taken away by penalties. And this Jets team got 11 penalties. Um, most of them were on offense. That's been a problem consistently, you know, consistently all year where they're getting, I would say their average is probably like seven to 10 um, penalties a game, which is just unacceptable, especially for an offense who can't, um, you know, move the ball. So, you know, those were the plays I think that kind of, like I said, just encapsulated in, in what uh, happened this game. Big plays getting erased by penalties. There's some play calling um, issues that I that I went over. Didn't love that that play calling third and five um, at the end of the game. So there were many many things this game with the with the offense. But like I said, those are the ones that stick out to me. Joe, what about the defense? What did you see there? Um, defense, it was it was up and down. Um, the defense was relative. Like some of the players played really well. Um, minus situational football, which which the two biggest moments of the game, the Jets obviously couldn't get off the field. Like I said, um, the Jets always let up, or it seems like they always let up points before halftime, and they let Marcus Mariota and the Titans drive down their throats before halftime, score a touchdown, which hurt the Jets' momentum. And then the biggest moment in the game where the Titans get the ball back, um, you know, on their last drive, they scored a touchdown to Corey Davis. The Jets couldn't stop them again. Um, the, you know, Mark Sarnode has a big, has a big, uh, run, you know, in the middle, uh, on the, I believe just a scramble. Um, could have been a, could have been a read option. I'm actually just about to add that point on the, on the film review. Um, but they, so they, they didn't play well situationally, but everything other than that, they, they, they played relatively well, which is kind of like, okay, the biggest, the biggest moments you did play well, but the, the rest of the game played pretty well. So it's kind of, it's kind of a weird performance, and obviously the offense um, couldn't really help them out with a lot of field goals. But there were some guys who definitely played played well, um, including you know obviously Jamal Adams. He had a he, he was flashing on on tape a bunch this game for eleven tackles. Tremaine Johnson um, played okay, and the the pick six was a fantastic play um, by him. So that was good to see. Obviously, the Jets paid him a lot of money just so to see him make some plays and get that pick six. Um, I'm not on just a lucky. You know, lucky interception. Um, yeah, it was just a smart play by, by Tremaine Johnson. I, I believe on the broadcast, they were like, oh, you know, it was zone coverage and, and Tremaine Johnson read him all the way. And that's not, that's not what it was. It wasn't, it wasn't zone coverage. It was actually cover one. And Tremaine Johnson just noticed that, um, his receiver broke, um, you know, back towards the quarterback or, you know, hard down the line of scrimmage at, at the snap of the ball. And he realized that there was a, um, you know, a, a Receiver coming from the inside, kind of like the pick Tremaine Johnson. So Tremaine Johnson bit down hard on it, and then basically ran the receiver's route for him. And once he was hit the hip with the receiver, that then that's when he looked, you know, inside at Marcus Mariota, and he just, and he just jumped it. Um, I believe there's a little bit of pressure off the off the left edge of Mariota, so he rushed the throw a little bit, but really good uh, play by him. Um, there are some other guys who played well, you know, in terms of guys like you know Amy Williamson. Um, flashed a little bit. Henry Anderson had a few nice plays, uh, including an actual, you know, a block extra point. Um, Darren Lee made some plays that he wouldn't have made last year, getting physical with offensive linemen. So that was good to see. But from the bad of the of the defense, I think uh, Leonard Williams got blown off the ball, you know, a couple times, only getting one tackle. It's just it's too frequently where he's not really um, a big presence in the game. So that's something you have to note. You have to note down. Um, I think that. Claiborne was absolutely terrible. Um, we've, we've talked about this a lot. 
um, the guy gets penalties. That big, the big third and five, and the Jets got a sack. It might have been actually Henry Anderson's sack that was taken away, and he gets a holding call because he's trying to look back to the quarterback too soon. And he loses the receiver. Uh, he gets burned by Taewon Taylor. Is that, is that, is that the uh, receiver's name? Um, I know it's Taylor. I forget. I don't know exactly how to pronounce his first name, but he got burned by him the one time, and Marcus Mariota overthrew him. So that's not going to go down the stat sheet. Oh well, that's you know that's a play where uh, Claiborne forced an incompletion. Like that's that, that's the stat that that was an incompletion against them, but he got burned, and it was just an overthrow. And then he got burned again by the same receiver. Um, you know, later in the game for a big touchdown. So he got burned deep twice. He could have allowed over a hundred plus yards. He got penalties. On third down, um, I, I just think this this game showed what he what he is and what I've been noticing on uh, on film a lot. Um, so it was a really really bad game from him, and I would say a guy like uh, Leonard Williams. So you know that's there's there I guess there's some good, but obviously there was there's some bad as well. Going into this season, two of the narratives that we heard were breakout season for Leonard Williams and that the Jets had one of the best secondaries in the NFL. Seems like both of those narratives have been kind of blown out of the water at this point, right? Oh, for sure. Um, I think one of the best secondaries in the NFL, uh, obviously there's a lot to work on with that, but I, I would agree that they could have been you know, a top 15 unit. You're looking at Claiborne, who... Um, I didn't love as a number number one, but you said moving to number two, he's a solid number two. And then Tremaine Johnson's a top, we said probably like a 15 range, um, probably putting like a 12 to 16 range, wherever you want to put them, um, you know, before coming into this year with the Jets. So you have those two guys, and then you have guys like, you know, Jamal Adams, uh, who's obviously, you know, one of the top safeties in NFL at this point, and Marcus May, who had a pretty solid season as well. Uh, so you had young developing safeties and then two veterans on the outside. You thought this team could have at least been, you know, maybe a top 10 unit. Um, but obviously that has not happened with Claiborne's been playing really poorly. Tremaine Johnson's been out. Um, Marcus May looked good when he's been in, but he only played what four games, five games. Um, if, if he didn't bat. So you can call him, you know, he's been good, but our injuries already concerned. So, so, um, far into his, into his really early career. So. That's a concern. That's hurt them a little bit. You have guys like Daryl Roberts playing free safety instead of actual safeties, like you know Terrence Brooks and like that. So I'm not sure, sure what the, the, you know necessarily what the thinking is there. Um, but Jamal Adams is the only guy who's really lived up to his bill um, at this point in in the season. So that you know one of the top secondaries in the NFL has has quickly um, came crashing back down to earth. And Leonard Williams is yeah he. He had a little bit of a down season last year where he, he wasn't showing up as much. But then I did the film review and I still said he's a really, really good player. Um, but this game, he just, he just not making enough plays and whether it be, um, double teams that are running away from him or whatever it may be. Um, you know, I'm watching and he just, he, he's, he looks like there's just some snaps. I'm not saying he's not trying. Um, but it almost looks, it almost looks like he's like tired and he kind of, he's trying to just, he's just kind of, not like walking through the snap, but he's not exploding off of the snap or he's, he's coming up too high. And that was something I noticed last year's film. Of, I'm noticing a little bit this year as well. Once the game gets going a little bit, he starts to come off the snap a little bit high. He's not able to anchor down versus double teams. Um, so he still has some technique work. Um, and he's still, he just, like I said, it's just, it's not enough for a guy who was picked six overall, a guy who's most likely going to want 
um, a decent chunk of change. Um, he's, a, he's a guy who's, at this point, I wouldn't even call him a pro ball player. I would just call him a solid player. And that's not what you want for the, the sixth overall pick for, for the Jets. So, um, yeah, those are, those are true, true statements. The Jets secondary has not been that good. And Leonard Williams has been a pretty big disappointment to this point. This is basically the Cliff Notes version of the full show that you get when you go over and watch TOJ Film Room on our YouTube channel, Turn on the Jets TV, with Joe and his tag team partner, Marcus Coleman, the former New York Jet, an 11-year NFL veteran. Plus, let's not forget that he was a hell of a player at Texas Tech, too, and a current coach in the Arena Football League. So if you really want to get the film broken down by two people that really know what they're talking about, there is your show, Joe Blewett, Marcus Coleman, TOJ Film Room over at Turn on the Jets TV on YouTube. Joe, as always, a pleasure talking with you about this. I'm sure we'll talk more about this not only next week for XNO Quick Hits, but we'll call and text each other like we always do talking about this nerdy film stuff. For anybody who wants to get in on this action like we do every week and really see what's going on and not just get the media narratives, but get what's really true and what's really happening with these plays and get them broken down by experts, where should they go? Uh, yeah, the usual uh, TOJ space film space room. I'm on the podcast app. If you just want to listen, I definitely do recommend going to to YouTube and just typing in "Turn on the Jets" um, on the search bar, and then you'll find us from there. Just TOJ film room. Um, and like you said, we you know we break down the film. Depends on the game. Uh, recently, it's been a few less plays because they're almost unbearable. Um, but usually, we do. Anywhere from an hour and a half to a two, two and a half hour show breaking down the film, talking storylines, talking about storylines that kind of correlate with the film, going over everything. Like, like just like, for example, like that play that I just talked about with Tremaine Johnson. You hear on broadcast, oh, well, it was zone coverage and Tremaine Johnson read the quarterback the whole way when in reality he just played really good band coverage and cover one. So, like, those are things that um, we break down and we'll show you instead of kind of just going with what the beat reporters say and what the broadcasters say, um, we really break down that film. So I recommend uh, checking it out. Obviously, it's a little bit tough right now with, with how the Jets are playing. Um, but Sam Donald is expected to play this week. So if you want to just watch Sam Donald or Jamal Adams, um, we definitely talk about those those you know players a lot. So. Joe, I forgot one thing, and I feel like I buried the lead, actually. You were in Nashville for this game live, so before you go, tell me about your experience, about the food, about the music, about some extracurricular activities, about being in the stadium. Tell me about the whole trip. Yeah, um, we went to the Predators game, and of course, like being cocky on the plane ride before, we had a couple of drinks in the bar, we put $100 down on the Predators. Um, each, me and my three buddies, and they lost to the Coyotes three to nothing. <laughs> so that didn't start to trip off well. Um, I'm not, you know, um, giving a thumbs up to gambling, but I'm just telling you what happened with me. Uh, the Titans thing was kind of like, listen, it sucked, but me and my friends at this point, we want the Jets to kind of lose. So we kind of got what we asked for. You know, the, the Jets had a blocked punt. They were up in the game. We had to cheer a little bit. Um, and then they ended up losing at the end. So it's kind of like the best of, of both worlds where they actually excited us for a little bit, but they still lost the game in, in the jettiest fashion you can possibly have. Um, the music was awesome. I'm not huge on country, but you know, when you're there, you kind of, you kind of embrace it. You start to talk a little bit of an accent and stuff. Uh, you just really embrace the, the community. Uh, and there's some, it was, it was good. The, the, the food was good. We had, uh, I believe the first time we had Jack's, uh, barbecue it was really good, uh, brisket. 
it's not it wasn't South Carolina Texas good um, barbecue, but it was still really solid. But the fried chicken was awesome. Uh, the day before we left, we went to this place called Hattie B's. Um, waited in the line for like thirty minutes, and the, the food was absolutely awesome. Um, it was a it was it was a good environment. Did a did like a little booze cruise too, or you know a peddler thing where basically you're just pedaling on this trolley and you're just drinking and singing country music. That was fun. And then the best thing, or the one of the one of the funnest things about that city is they had these little scooters that you just like scan in on your phone. You can just ride these scooters and you can whip like 20, 25 miles per hour on these scooters down the main streets of Tennessee. And there's drunk kids on them, like crashing and stuff. It was, it was pretty wild. So, um, it was, it was definitely a, a fun time. I don't, I don't regret going. I regret some of the money I spent going, especially, <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> but it is, it is, it is, it is, it is a really, really good time. Glad you had fun, Joe, in spite of the result with the Jets losing with less than a minute to go. At least you were able to get yourself some good food and listen to some good music and just have a blast. And that's the main important thing with these trips, even if the Jets don't do well, if you can find a way to have some fun. That's really all that matters at the end of the day. Thanks, Joe. We'll talk again next week. In the meantime, check out Joe and Marcus. Turn on the Jets TV on YouTube. And for all the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and TurnOnTheJets.com.